0: Hi everybody, and welcome to the Drexel basketball podcast. Part of the Dragons Cast Network, I suppose. Uh, we're figuring that out as we go. But I'm here with uh, Bill Martin, Liam Mukaran, and um, welcome, fellas. For uh, it's good to have you here.
1: Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Uh, happy to merge our uh, efforts over here. I, I, I don't want to make a confusing experience for the 20 fans we have out there. I want to make sure they can go to one place. So happy to put us all together. Uh, happy to have one, hopefully highly produced podcast with more coverage of the Drexel basketball program and more. I think uh, Bill Martin, as always, our top recruiter expert over here. So I'll, I don't know if Billy wanted to add anything to the from your Dragon's Cast perspective on <laughs> the recruiting aspect or just on the merger. On the merger, it, on it the merger. Like no, a, on the merger. We got to no. talk about the M and A first over here. You know? From a recruiting perspective, I think this is the right
2: move. I mean, bringing uh, bringing the two teams together is a uh, that positive for everyone here people are already getting confused by the, the dual posts on dragons cast
0: and uh and the, the Drexel basketball podcast so
2: yeah this is this is really
0: cool. good yeah, anytime you've got a chance to get uh, your podcast from 20 to 25 people that really makes a <laughs> jump
1: and elevate you have to you do gotta it. take it yeah exactly the i'm hoping it's not like it was the same five that was in both but hopefully it's <laughs> five more yeah, but we'll find out very quickly i'm sure
0: I want to tell you what if if you were listening to the Drexel Basketball podcast but not Dragon's cast and vice versa, please reach out. We, we'd like to hear from <laughs> you. We, we need some feedback as to why yeah. you made that choice. Um so if you're also, really against this
1: move, I'd like to hear from you as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll take any sort of feedback. We we literally receive no feedback. We have to talk amongst ourselves quite a bit. We will receive. Uh, we will take and you know appreciate any sort of feedback.
0: And people don't know this, but but given the deck pack background, we, we actually thrive on hate. So yeah. feel free, feel free to bring it on. Um, no, it's, it's good to, to have you guys here. The uh, episode tonight is going to be talking about the incoming, uh, well, the roster, the roster, which looks a whole lot different today than it did, you know, seven months ago. Um, excited to go through that with you, with our recruiting expert, Bill Martin, who will be, I guess, our former recruit now, now uh, on the roster expert for today. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a big change, right? It's seven incoming pl- players we have four freshmen, three transfers, uh, but the four start four of the five starters are going to be guys we know. It's going to be obviously Amari Williams is going to be you know the key. His offseason development, you know, he'll be the guy. He'll be the guy, no doubt about it. But he's got, he's surrounded by three shooters. Um, you have Akrus, you have Coltrane, and you have Lamar Odin, all of whom are you know forty percent shooters pretty much. So it's it's going to be raining from three with a big man inside. You know, he kind of sets up nicely. So to bring these seven guys in, you really say, where do these fit? You know, it's kind of a puzzle, right? And how's the coaching staff done it? And I'm excited to kind of learn more about these. But obviously the one position that we didn't cover when we talked about those four is point guard. And with Cam Winter leaving, that's where we've got to start, right, Bill?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the one spot that's open. I think you covered it, Dan. Like those four guys I would expect to start. I mean, I'm sure if one of the freshmen or one of the transfers is – too good to keep off the court. Maybe they have to play, but for the most part I think it's going to be those four locked in and then the point guard open. And I think that guy is going to be Justin Moore. He's a freshman. He's a really good passer. Um he can score too though. But I've seen him like dominate a game just by just with his passes. He wasn't even scoring at the time. So, I mean, he's a guy who can come in and really run the offense and but he, he can shoot, he can attack the rim. He's really he's actually an explosive leaper so like there's times where he'll just drive down the lane and you know throw it down on somebody so um he'll be an exciting player to watch um, for sure but he's the one i would expect to break into that starting lineup
1: yeah justin moore is a incoming he's a freshman right he's not a transfer yeah. he's a freshman coming in from the philly area well, what so you said you've seen him play before he was he who else was he actively recruited by Oh, I'd have to look.
2: Um, I think we i mean, we got in on him a little earlier than um, – I think we got him before his senior year, if I'm correct, uh, before the senior year started. So I think he kind of blew up a little bit in his senior year. Um, I don't think his like, hops were quite there yet. They, or at least he didn't show them as much in his junior year. So um, he's a guy I think we landed before bigger teams would come calling. So I think it's good that we got in. And we uh, hired his one of his former high school coaches, which probably didn't hurt the process. And <laughs> Will Chavis, right? So, um, yeah, I think he's a he's a big recruit that's gonna you know play right away and uh, and hopefully be good for us right away. He just needs to get his jump shot a little bit more consistent, and
0: if he can do that, uh, he'll be able to you know score right away as well to go along with the passing. I think that's going to be a theme, right, is uh, the Philadelphia area, which is something that we really haven't seen under Zach Spiker. We've got a few guys who are local, and I and imagine Coach Javis had something to do with that, but maybe it's, it's a different perspective from the staff, or maybe it's just a coincidence, but it'll be um, interesting to see kind of that different dynamic. Um, but if you look back historically, point guards, this is like a four-year point guard factory, Even Terrell Allen, who transferred, was a you know he started as a freshman. You look at Bashir, before him Jeremiah King. You look at Cam. You look at Franz. All these guys were effective freshmen. You know, is this is this a model that we think we're following in here, or or do you think you know is he he a little more raw than some of those guys?
2: No, I I think he'll be able to you know step in and play right away and be good right away. Um, I think he's definitely our best option at point. The only other guy on the roster, I think. Could run point on a regular basis is um, Jamie Bergens, the transfer from Moore Roberts. He's pretty solid um, running point as well, but you can also play him off the ball. Um, he's not quite the passer that uh, Justin Moore is, but he's he's like he's solid. Like, he'll bring the ball up. You know, you don't have to worry about him turning it over. Um, he'll get assists, but it's just not in the I don't know like spectacular fashion that Justin Moore. I think he'll probably be backing him up at the point, and then you'll also see him off the ball. But, yeah, no, I think he could definitely be a four-year starter. Um, we have seen that, Dan. It's, it's, it's interesting because I think the coaching staff even has kind of struggled to find backups, right? Like once you have that guy as the number one guy starting as a freshman, it's very hard to recruit a backup. So we kind of struggled with that with Cam here I, especially. I noticed that, like, we just couldn't find anybody. So having a guy like Bergens who can kind of play off the ball as well and get some minutes there – um, Will be beneficial. Either.
1: Yeah. And, and just thinking back to when we had a freshman point guard last, like Kirk Lee, and we brought somebody else that wanted to run point, it usually doesn't go well. Like mean you know, we brought in Tremaine. Uh, but you, if you were to think about, I guess, our recent point guards, uh, like Cam and Franz, does Justin Moore compare well to any one of them, more in more similarities, or is he kind of a little different than? F- what Franz brought to the table and what Cam ended up being for us at uh, Drexel. He's, <laughs> I don't want to bring his name up, but he's like he
2: passes like Jamie Harris coming out of high school. Jamie Harris, I know, you know didn't go well at Drexel, but um, but he was a great passer coming in, and that's what kind of Justin Moore reminds me of. Now he's he's six two instead of five nine or six three instead of five nine. He can he can he's more he's much more athletic. So I mean, I would have him coming out of high school. I said this on the Slack channel too, but he's—I have him higher rated than Franz, Franz or uh, or Cam. Coming out of high school, and don't, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have the career those guys did, but he's got the potential to be really good.
0: This is just you tell me, Jamie Harris with size. I mean, I'm all in, right? Like, you know, yeah. it, it, Jamie could play. People forget about that because of the off the court issues and you know falling in with the wrong crowd. But I mean, he he, he even for his size could play with, with just about anybody. He was he was really solid. Mm-hmm. So if you put some size and build and some hops on him, that's an intriguing player.
2: I think some of his – Jamie Harris I'm talking about, his passing build I think was toned down by Bruiser's offense. There was never like a guy in Bruiser's offense who really averaged a boatload of assists. Like, you know, Cam's already got more than um, than Franz did, and he was probably – the best that we saw that group like it was always like four they never saw anyone in like six or seven assists somewhere in, in
0: that ring well it's tough when your team's making six or seven field goals a game i think that's the issue <laughs> uh
1: so justin moore is coming in he's gonna probably have to contribute right away we don't have a point guard cam left us uh cam's at penn state this year is that right yeah is he gonna be starting there
2: Yeah, I I would assume that he'll start, but, you know, who knows? Um, I mean, I think he probably evaluated the situation and went to somewhere where he could get minutes as well. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure he'll – hopefully he'll be successful. I mean, Cam put in, you know, four years at Drexel. He put in a full career here. Wish him nothing but the best. But not only Cam, we also lost Trey Brown, right? So, like, our backup point guard also left and went to Old Dominion. So, I mean, the roster was left – completely without a point guard. So that was obviously a priority for the staff to bring in a point guard and at least an option at backup. And there's a couple other guys who can handle the ball too in a pinch. I just don't think you'd want them bringing the ball up
0: full time. So I was going to ask, I mean, Shane Blakeney, uh, verbal commits has him listed as a point. I think that's wrong, but I'm curious as to why they have him listed as a point point. kind of what you're seeing.
2: He can run point, I would say. I'd say he's more of a combo guard, and I think his skill set is better suited like off the ball. Like, if you have Justin Moore who can really pass um, and you're kind of letting Blakeney expend his energy bringing the ball up, I think it's kind of a, a waste when his, his best asset is, like, creating shots. Um, he can pass, too. So, like, if he, he can handle it in the in the half court and, you know, create his own shot or create some for his teammates, but I wouldn't have him bring the ball up. I think he's, he's better suited for scoring. He can shoot. He's long. He's athletic. Yeah, he's, he's he's a nice player too. I really like I really like Blakeney. I think he could fight for minutes immediately too. I think he might need to get a little stronger, um, but you could say that for most of the freshmen. But I really like his potential. He could be a really good scorer uh, when he gets the opportunity. And he creates his own shot. That's one thing. Like the rest of the team. Like I was thinking about it. Like who really can get their own shot from the returning guys? Right. It's like. I mean, we only have four of them, so the options are limited on returning players to begin with. But you need that—you need that player who can, you know, twenty or fifteen, ten seconds, seven seconds on the shot clock. You can give him the ball and say, "Here,
0: you know, go get us a bucket." We do have Luke Kaus. he is on scholarship, so there's five returners, think. <laughs> uh, um, and and I guess Terrence Butler, you know, um, is a We'll see. Um, yeah, guys who saw, who
2: saw minutes, I should say, for, for yeah,
0: uh, yeah, players who saw significant minutes. At least. When you talk about. Uh, Blakeney and you're talking about him as a shooter. Are you talking, you know, like um, like an Odin, like a guy who we're going to expect high 30s from three or, or, or is this more of a, you know, kind of a developed big shooter? He's more of a slasher type, you know, when he plays. No, he can, he,
2: I'd say he can get his shot a little bit more than Odin can. Like Odin last year was kind of a set shooter, although I mean, I don't know how that's going to play in his offense, but he can either move without the ball and you know get open shots and knock them down or he can you know take the ball himself and like pull up for a for a, for a mid-range you can shoot from three like that he's pretty versatile scoring I mean he might have to get a little bit more consistent with his jumper I don't have his high school numbers of like the percentage that he shot but there was a game where he, he hit like six or seven threes in one of the games and then for the most part I thought he was his senior year well I watched a lot of games he was pretty consistent from from three and from mid-range um hitting on a regular basis, uh, not as erratic as like, like Justin Moore, I would say. So um, it's just a matter of like, there's, you know, there's three wings. They're all going to start. Kenny, you know, he'll, he'll get minutes. I would, I would, I would imagine, but he's, he's, he's facing those guys. He's also got Yame Butler, who's another wing type player who's coming in. Who's a little bit more experienced. So it'll be interesting to see how all these guys fit into the rotation, I guess. And they're all very different
1: too. Can you, can you see Shane Black? Maybe I guess in thinking in your write up that you had, uh, you said he has some potential to be like a lockdown defender. Mm-hmm. So you can do you see him being like the person we say if he does get some minutes in the starting lineup or get a lot of minutes just playing as a sixth man maybe off the bench. Do you see him being that person maybe because he does seem to have the length for it, six yeah. foot five guard.
2: Um, I mean, I think. Blinking, like you said, with his length, he needs work. Like I don't think he's a great defender yet. Okay. He's more like he's athletic. He's six five, he's long, like he can test pretty well. But he needs work for sure. It's not like I don't think you bring him in and he's a lockdown defender right away. I think if he puts the work in with how athletic he is, and I think he's he's got a six eleven wingspan too, like he's long. So he could be um a really good defender, but he needs he needs work. Um Yeah, so I think he, he needs some time for that. But down the line, it's possible, unless he just wants to be a, sh- a shooter, which yeah. some people do, or some people don't want to put the time in uh, to be that level defender. So
0: you never know. So let's talk about Yami for a second because he's you know an A ten transfer, even if it's Fordham, which is kind of A ten with an asterisk. Um, but he, he's he's listed as a sophomore. I think coming, in. He's still got three years of eligibility. Although all eligibility seems to be a mess, so I don't even want to try to cover and figure out who's who's what. Um, but he, he looks, you know, he looks more built. He looks like a little more of a of a guy who's more polished athletically. Um, what, 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 what have you seen with him? He's an interesting
2: player because like he kind of he's like a really creative passer. He's good at getting the hoop, I should say. His one of his best assets, is his ability to kind of get to the hoop. It doesn't even look like he's doing a lot of moves. Sometimes he just kind of like glides to the basket, which I don't know. It's kind of an interesting trait to have. But then he like he'll go up, two guys will swarm him. He Throws like a pass behind both of their backs out to a guy on the three point line. I mean, it could be a mess if it, if he uh, if he goes a little out of control with it with turnovers. But I mean, it's uh, his passing is one of the best elements of his game. And then the other aspect is getting to the hoop. Like I said, he can get to the hoop. He can finish. He's pretty strong finishing around the hoop. Um, and I don't we don't have a lot of guys who can do that right now on, on the team. I don't think at least for turners. So. I think that's going to be really valuable. And he, sh- he shoots 35% from three as well, That actually, is uh, stats from his JUCO. So, I mean, that's respectable enough where you have to, you know, you have to, you have to respect the jumper and not, not just play his drives. So uh, he's not a guy you can earn minutes, but he's just, he's just different. Like, he's not – the other wings I feel like could just drop in a spiker system, right, where there's like, you know, they're just kind of perimeter shooters. You load them up on the outside –
0: He's different for sure from from that prototypical guy that Spiker's been bringing in. I'm gonna bounce the name off of you, and this could be a, a bad comparison, but given what you said, and uh, they're both community college guys. Uh, but Zach Walton is this kind of a similar role.
2: Zach Walton's interesting. They're a little bit different, but I could see the comparison there. Yeah, he's got um, you know probably similar build. He's probably he handles the ball better than than, than Zach does, I think. Yeah. Um, and where Zach could kind of, especially in his last year, he could kind of create his own shot. Uh, Yami more like drives in the basket to get, to get his own buckets more. Like he's going to the hoop and he's scoring in that fashion. Um, but that's not, it's not a terrible comparison. I think that's, you know, it's fair at least to, to compare him there. I think I try, I was trying to draw some comparisons to some of these guys, and I'm like, yeah, like a – 6'3", Jamie Harris. Like I'm really trying to like reach, you know, like and 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 compare them to somebody. Yame, same thing. Like his game is kind of unique um, to some other guys that we've had. So I couldn't really. I mean, Walton's probably as good as anybody, I guess.
1: Um, but I couldn't really think of another good one for him. I was thinking uh, his other peer and the players with the Y name, Yannick Formbor. Mm. But uh, and, yeah, he's, no. He's, no, no. It's different from more. <laughs> he's better than more? Good, he's, that's he's, good. To but out of the three players you guys mentioned so far, I guess he's the he's uh, he's from the transfer portal. I get, I would assume because he's transferring. So so is what Juku made us
2: considered portal? I don't even
1: know. Okay, I, I'm so confused with this process anymore. So it, it, what made Spiker and his coaching staff you'd think pick up Yame? Uh, uh, like, what's the gap he's trying to fill? I know we had a lot of losses. Don't get me wrong. We had <laughs> enough of players go where I guess any any anyone would have been fine. But is there anything particular you think they saw in him that is it just getting to the hoop like you mentioned and being able to create for once you're there or something else?
2: I mean, I think it might be. He can bring the ball up a little bit too. I mean, you wouldn't want it like long term, I don't think. But like he has the handle to be able to bring the ball up a little bit. He's, he's better suited as like a secondary playmaker. Um, but – yeah, I think probably get to the hoop, I don't think we have a lot of guys after, you know, with Cam leaving and Xavier Bell leaving. Like, there's not – I mean, maybe we saw it a little bit from Odin. Like, in spurts, like, he would kind of drive and get close to the hoop and put something up. But no no one that just takes it to the rack and scores, um, at least from the re- returning guys. Justin Moore, maybe a little bit. He needs work on his left hand, though, too. I would say same thing with Yame, actually, too. He needs work on his left, probably. Um but is really good at finishing inside. Like he's strong. Whereas Justin Moore freshman needs to get stronger in there. He gets bumped around a little bit, but, um, but yeah, I would say that probably, and it's just getting to the hoop when we don't really have that. And and Spiker loves passing. So, I mean, I think like uh, he's, I think we asked him that on a former podcast. Like I was curious, like it seemed like all the guys he was bringing in brought the ball up, which I thought was kind of weird. Like a lot of like Coltrane and, even okros like all these guys in, in high school wherever they played brought the ball up which is strange for players who are going to be in the wing so i kind of asked him about that and he was he mentioned that you know prioritizing the passing um and maybe it's that element too. He's, he's a good passer he's a really creative passer and the getting to the hoop i think is probably why we why we picked him up and i don't think you can just get all the same guys like all oh, just shooters like six six like shooters i mean it's good to have but you need you need some variety of of players or else you'll be a lot easier to defend
0: And i was you know you talked about getting the basket i thought the one thing that the team was really lacking uh, on the offensive end most of all last year was somebody who could create their own shot i mean even cam i think that was not really his game um i don't think xavier really showed a ton of that to be, I mean, he, he could hit him, he could do some things, he could get to the basket. You know, he finished, Xavier finished as well as anybody I've seen play for this team in a while, especially for his age. But as far as actually, you know, a pull-up jumper or a step-back or, or anything else, you know, where you can end of the shot clock, you, you need to get in somebody's hands. Um, we, we were lacking that. Some of these guys, it sounds like maybe an attempt to start moving in that direction.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, would, I would agree. Um, I think we really missed Walton last year. Like yep. Walton really bailed us out a bunch of times hitting like last second, terrible jump shots where you'd be like, well, why are you shooting this? And then he drains it and you're like, oh my God, that's an amazing shot. So yeah, I definitely think that like Blake is the guy who I think really can go get his own shot. Um, that's why I think maybe he can earn some minutes. He seems to be really just good at doing that. I mean, Justin Moore can do it too, actually, but he's just not as consistent with that jumper yet. If he gets that jumper consistent, he's going to be, he'll be a monster. Um,
0: but Blake needs the guy who I think can come in and just create his own shot. It's funny we keep talking about Zach Walton because we had a certain ambidextrous shooter. I am using the word "shooter" in, in quotes here. Um, before that, who just drove me crazy for four years, um, and then uh, Mister Walton. I thought early on, first couple of years, really was was the next guy. He was just going to dribble into traffic, lose lose the handle, you know, just makes make some sloppy mistakes on the defensive end, just drove me nuts. And then it all came together that that last year he was there, that senior season, like that second half of that COVID year. He put it together. He started draining draining everything and cleaned up the handle a little bit. And it was it was really cool to watch that development. But those types of, you know, the guys who just drive you nuts, you started talking about, you know, Yame a little bit. we having a better handle than, than Zach, and I got excited about that. But um, you, you almost uh, – you, you, I like the fact that Zach Spiker, he has the control. He's got the system. You If you spot up, you're not going to get yourself in trouble, right? If you're a spot-up shooter, you go stand in the corner, you're not going to get yourself in trouble but you do need some guys who who kind of cause a little hell. Um and and I, it's good to see kind of to your point um bill going for a little more of a mix maybe now with uh with this new blood.
2: Yeah, you you need that. I mean, you can't like you said the spot up shooters going not do so much. If you have, you know, four guys who are just standing there waiting for the ball, like that's not, it's not going to be good when the clock the shot clock's running down. I mean, that's really where um you need someone who can just go get you the bucket. And like you said, like they can't even struggle in that role. But I think when if you only have one guy and they just know it's that guy too, you you just double-team him, you force him to pass it to someone else. We even gave it to Amari a couple times last year, which was kind of interesting. I, don't, I haven't seen like, you know, the shot clock's running down. Usually you don't feed it to the big man because, you know, they can crash the post. But he did okay with it. It wasn't a lot, but we'll probably see a little bit more of that I would, I would imagine this year because he's supposed to – he should be like – if he's not the big best big man in the league, he's gonna be right there. But yeah, no, I I, I like to your point, it is good that Spikers bring in some some diversity of these players as far as you know, diversity of their games, because we need it, we need guys who can who can get those buckets when the shot clock's running down and things are tough. I think some of these guys will help. And even Bergen's can actually get his own shot too a little bit. I'm interested to see because like he didn't play a lot at Oral Roberts, and you wonder why. Right. Like, I know he was behind a superstar there, like that, uh, Max Abmes, I think his name is. He was like two years ago in the tournament, he torched people as like a sophomore. I don't think they made the tournament this year, so no one heard of him again. But, um, mm. but he's a monster over there. So I don't know if it was just that he was behind him or if there's something else going on, uh, why he didn't play there. But, um, he, he can play a little bit too. He, the one thing I thought was a little strange with him was that, uh, his awareness of like a help defender was sometimes a little off. Like it, it's a strange thing to say, but like he would drive into the lane and kind of pull up and not notice the guy coming to the like the right of him to defend that shot. So he ends up like getting blocked or, or deflected or you know the shots off because of that. It doesn't happen all the time, but it's just like something that something for his field of game seemed a little off to me. But um, but yeah, he can get his own shot. He handles the ball well. He can shoot from outside a little bit. So, I mean, I would expect to see him get some minutes as well. All these guys should get some minutes. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, there's a lot of, he like said, a lot of new guys, a lot of variation in games. And I guess uh, we'll see how they all integrate with the current team.
0: So two more freshmen we haven't covered yet, uh, Kobe McGee and Cole Hargrove. Either you, you want to start with uh, – we'll stick, keep it to the guards and start with McGee.
2: Yeah, Kobe's kind of like a versatile guard. I don't think he stands out in any one area. I mean, he's pretty athletic. He's 6'5". Um, he can handle the ball a little. He can pass pretty good. He he can shoot from outside. His, a, his release is a little slow, so it's like he doesn't always – he's not like a guy who can just like rifle a shot off. Like Blakeney, he gets the ball and that ball's fired. Like it's immediate. Like I've seen Kobe miss some opportunities because he – took too long shooting the ball. And then someone like, you know, the defense got there. So that's one of my biggest concerns with him, but he's, he's, he's a versatile guy. Like you can bring him in, he'll, he'll play some defense. So, you know, he, he can do a lot of things. It'll be interesting to see how he develops and see if he can get one of those skills really honed so he can contribute in that way. Like maybe the shooting, like if he can get a shooting, get the release a little bit quicker you know, contribute that way. He'll he'll be able to earn more minutes that way too. But you know, he's just a versatile, versatile guy. He's just gonna have a like this first year. I don't know how he's gonna fit in because there's so many there's so many players on the wing. It'll be interesting to see how he, you know, fits in that rotation with all of these different guys. But no, yeah, Kobe's a decent player too. And who's who's the other one? Oh, uh, Cole Hargrove. Yep, Cole Hargrove is like a mini Amari Williams. <laughs> he's not six ten. He's six eight. And while like it's interesting because they're completely different players than they were in high school, like Amari, I haven't mentioned this to everybody, but I think I mentioned this to you, Dan. He was like a big, terrible guard in where he played in in uh in England. Like he was just I would get so frustrated watching Amari because he had all this talent. Like I saw one time he like Euro stepped around a guy and then finger rolled it in, and then and then on the next play, he's like dribbling the ball up and launches a terrible three. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Just get under the hoop and stay there, block shots. You can take an occasional three, but you should be under the hoop rebounding and scoring in there. Like he could have dominated and he was instead like playing this, like just guard position, which always bugged me. Now he's not like that at all. Drexel, they've kind of got him to play inside and now he's, you know, reaching his potential. Hargrove is kind of what Amari is like from freshman year. He's like, he's, he's a shot blocker. He scores well around the hoop. Um, he's a good rebounder. So I think he's a player that it'll be interesting to see how much he plays early on. I, I think he need, definitely needs some work. He doesn't have a ton of like moves in the post or anything like that. But, you know, you like his shot blocking. You definitely like that he can score around the hoop. He's got a nice touch around the hoop. Um, yeah, so I, I, I do like him, especially as, like, a, you know, eventual – Amari replacement as like a defender in the middle of these. But he's not six ten, he's six eight. So I mean that's really the the difference there. Interestingly though, he can block with both hands. I don't I don't see everyone doing this. Like he he'll use the hand that's advantageous to block to to block the shot. So like if the left hand's a better angle, he'll use the left hand. If it's the right hand he uses the right hand. Not everyone does that.
1: So I just thought that was kind of interesting. So he's ambidextrous, is what you're telling us.
2: When blocking shots, yes. How dare you? He's like the, the Tavon Allen of shot blocks, I guess.
0: Nobody wants to be called the Tavon Allen of <laughs> shot blocks. Hey, listen, you. I,
2: if you guys would have saw Tavon Allen, Tavon Allen, I still have one of the highest rated guys I've ever seen coming to I couldn't believe we were getting that guy when, when, I, when I saw him in high school.
0: And his whole podcast has been discredited.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I already mentioned this on the Slack channel, so I can be discredited uh, for that. I mean, he was, he was a monster. And I just think he never got to the point where he, and I'm talking about Tavon Allen, like <laughs> defending my own opinions on Taylor Allen, but he never got to the point where he kind of just took good shots. He just always took bad shots constantly all the time. And I think that was why he resulted in not ever being better. Like he didn't like spot up on the wing, like Dame or Fouch or something. He was always just like, pull up, two hands in his face, you know, shoot at it, but
1: all right, that's enough Take one out right. <laughs> but so like we're mis- we're losing I guess J- we lost James Butler. Uh so with him a lot of rebounds, Amari's going to definitely get his fair share. Is there anybody else? Is it is it going to be Hargrove? I'm assuming he's not going to get too many minutes. Who's who's going get- to be on the I guess uh get the boards for us this year? Who's going to get us our second shots?
2: And besides Amari, I think they brought in this uh Garfield Turner to be like the the backup to Amari would be my guess. I mean, he's more experienced. He's a JUCO guy. Um, he's not a great offensive player, but he hustles. He boxes out. He'll rebound. He's fairly athletic. He plays defense. He, he, uh, he, you know, he'll defend. Um, he, he, he's not a shot blocking threat so much. I mean, he will block an occasional shot, but he kind of plays defense like James Butler in terms of just like kind of going straight up with two hands to defend it. So he's more that type of a guy. So I think he could just be a guy who comes in and you know cleans up the garbage a little bit for you. He'll score inside occasionally, but I think he's gonna be more like that, you know, backup all Amari's out, he'll just come in, hustle, rebound, defend, you know, dive on the floor for the ball, that kind of guy. So. I
0: just pulled up his bio. He's fascinating. He played goalkeeper for the soccer team, three seasons of baseball, obviously played basketball, and was on the chess team and honor roll. Oh, really? So that's that's the full gambit right there. It's
1: you guys doing everything. Bill, I don't see why you didn't mention his soccer skills. I, I, I didn't even know. Sadly, I should have. I should have read the bio before we. Uh, I would
0: like to see some shootout breakdown. If you could have, <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll find some old uh, soccer footage and and try to draw something up. But yeah, but I think it, he should be the primary backup. I think, but Hargrove could earn minutes there too if they want more of a guy who's going to you know block shots in there.
0: Is there anybody playing the four? I mean, Odin's going to spend twenty minutes a game at the four. We kind of know that. Um, he's he's an okay rebounder. Actually, I think he's better than he's shown. It's it's tough when James Butler and Amari are out there. to Sometimes your own know, teammates are pulling rebounds from you, but um, he doesn't necessarily have the body you think of as far as banging inside and, 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 and pulling boards. Do we have really anybody else who's not going to play the five who you're going to say is going to really be helpful to Amari in there?
2: I mean, the four is interesting because, like, Lamar's not a four. Right. He's – He's not, he's not, he's not a four. I, I, that's just where he plays. And it's weird that to me that Spikers always played him consistently at the four. Like he doesn't play the three, he doesn't play the two. He's always in the four spot. I don't know why that is. Cause he's, he's, he's a wing. I mean, he could play all three of those positions really. So it's interesting. Um, so I don't know if he'll just plug in like Blakeney or Kobe or the only other guy who I think is a legit four is, is Terrence Butler. I mean, he's not new, but um, he's the only other one who that's his spot. He's, he's not a wing. He's kind of a, you know, he can play inside a little bit. He can shoot a little bit, but he's, yeah, he's a four. So maybe him, maybe he'll be the backup. I I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Spiker just takes one of those other guys, one of the wing guys, six, five, six, six, and just plugs them into plugs them into the four and says, you know, Hey, you just got more rebounding duties than, than you would normally. So maybe that's Kobe. I don't know. I don't know.
0: I see. I feel like I, I, I've i watched Kobe McGee on Instagram that's about it. And I know him much, much better than I know Terrence Butler who's been there for a year already. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, I mean, do you have any idea what to expect out of, out of Terrence at this point?
2: No, not really. I mean, I watched him in high school. I should have brushed up on my, uh, on my own scouting report for him from, from last year. But I remember, I mean, he was mostly, he mostly played inside for his high school team. So like, you know, he would score around the hoop. He would occasionally step out and hit a jump shot. It wasn't anything like, you know, crazy impressive. Um, He could rebound decently. So, I mean, he could fit that four role. But I guess it depends on Spiker. If he wants like a legit four, if he's just going to play, you know, three wings. Seems like that's what he wants to do more. I mean, it it was weird for me to adjust to that. I'm like, we we don't have a four. Like, we're not getting fours. But I guess we're moving to like this, you know, positionless basketball that everyone's kind of moving towards. I mean, you need a point guard. <laughs> you probably need to, you need someone who can at least be a little bit bigger. But um, you know, Golden State can do it. I guess everyone's trying to get in on that and uh, and not necessarily have that position. I, I was listening to some podcast too. I don't know if it was like Gilbert Arenas or one of these guys has a podcast, and they were talking about like how like stretch fours really dominated for like a I don't know, like a four or five year span, and they just like disappeared. Like it's not even really a a thing anymore it was just like these big wings so i mean maybe we're just trending towards that way
1: well is terrence butler hurt last year is that what happened to him like i don't even remember seeing this player don't <laughs> you guys mention him yeah we have
2: two butlers and none of them are, are james so um i think he was hurt last year that, that's my understanding i mean he didn't he didn't play at all and as far as guys that didn't play and left too we lost um I'm gonna butcher his name probably, but out of con at Surintu, he was another guy who was he was from Turkey. He was like a shooting guard. I think he played one game last year.
1: Yeah, I think he was hurt too a little bit, but
2: he transferred out to a D two school, Salem University, I think. So
1: You can't we can't seem to keep our Turkish players like...
2: <laughs> We've had some uh, you know international transfers that have come in and then and then left us.
0: We and we've had some. I mean it's uh, what, uh, Mate is going to grad school. Yeah, it's like so. So some stick around. Uh, I was actually—that's a great question when the coaches come on to talk about how COVID has impacted international recruiting, because obviously that pipeline is shut down, um, with the exception of Amari, who was kind of already involved um, via via Matei. Um, but now, you know, again with Chavis, you look down that this roster and uh, the freshman, and it's. But, yeah, Allentown, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Norristown, Pennsylvania, and then uh, it's just Blakeney from Rock Hill, South Carolina. So either our recruiting budget went way down and we can't afford hotel rooms anymore or or we just kind of pivoted a little bit. Uh, but it's it's all guys with size. There's no small guys That's this roster. Everybody's, we were at some length, and I think – I guess the other question, I, I was reading a preview, and I want to credit the source, but I can't remember who it was, but um, – it was, it was a CA preview, but they had gotten synergy and they'd gotten some good advanced stats. And, and one thing they had mentioned was that I think they were last or next last in the conference in pick-and-roll defense last year. Um, kind of showed the uh, the lack of uh, athleticism at the guard spots has been exposed a little bit. And obviously you had Amari, who was young and still developing, too, You know, involved in a lot of that. Um, do you think we've solved some of those issues with these names? We've gotten a little bit longer and faster.
2: I think we've definitely gotten more athletic – for sure, with these guys like Justin Moore is a really good athlete, Blakeney, Kobe to some extent, like, Yami yeah, may, I'd may be an interesting defender. But yeah, most of these guys like yeah, I would say we've gotten definitely more athletic with most of these guys. Even with like you know Turner and Hargrove, like both those guys can move. They should be able to defend. I think we should we should be better hopefully if the if the scheme is right. Um, I think Spiker does do better with uh, having a shot blocker back there. Like we saw that with like Austin Williams uh, a little bit now Amari. Um, when he has someone back there that can kind of clean up the mistakes made by uh, the guards, it definitely <laughs> helps out a lot. But yeah, no, I think we definitely have gotten more athletic with these guys. we got big athletic wings. And it's interesting to me, Dan, because I don't know if there's just more like six, five, six, six wings. Like I feel like when bruiser was here, like we didn't get six, five, six, six wings. I mean, that was part of why I had Tavon Allen. So I was like, this is a six, seven wing. Like we didn't get those type of guys. We get like, you know, Fauch is six three. I mean, Dame was six six, but before that, what we, Goss is six foot. I mean, it was like we didn't have long wings like that. And Now it just seems like they're everywhere. Like I, I've almost had to change my perception of how much you know being six six really helps you when everyone is when all the wings are six six, or at least you know most of them. At but yeah, no, I I do like their athletic ability
0: and. Hopefully that'll help us be better defenders. So let's take that next step, and let's ask. I mean, what do you, what do you think is the ceiling? We'll put it this way, for next year's team.
1: You're asking Mister Positive over here. Based on, based on Bill's uh, like roster or incoming players uh, analysis so far, I, I think uh, we've got a rookie of the year. Uh, we've got pretty much uh, multiple all CAA team players. Uh, we're we're going to make a real run for it. We might even have a de- – you know, Amari's definitely got the defensive player on the year on lockdown, so I'm not worried about that. Yeah, Bill, what's our
2: ceiling? I mean, it's,
1: it's going to be hard, honestly.
2: Like, we have, I mean, four guys returning, like, with none of our, you know, big-time scorers. I mean, Amari, Amari's going to have to be, like, the, like I said, the best big man in the league for us to be successful. He's going to have to dominate in there. Um, and then we're going to need significant jumps from – Odin especially. Like Odin has Odin has to take it to another level. He has to be like close to like an all league type of a player if we're if we're gonna be good, I think. Um, Coltrane and Okros, you know, hopefully we get a little bit more out of both those guys too. I, I don't know how much more we'll get, but you hope a little bit, and then you're relying on all new guys. So I mean it's it's hard. Um, and some of the other teams in the conference really hit that portal hard. Like we didn't hit the portal as hard as some other teams did. So I – and I'm still in the process of watching every single player who's coming to the CA this year, which I probably won't do again because with this portal, it's it's become insanity um, with how many new players there are. Uh, but I just wanted to do it to kind of like baseline Drexel's classes and not just not just CR guys. Um, I would think middle of the pack would be – our ceiling, unless one of the unless some of the freshmen are like really much better than anticipated, like if Justin Moore is a, like a star right away, Blakeney comes in, he's a star right away. Um, we're gonna struggle, I think, and it's gonna be, I would say, middle of the pack. Probably would be my would be um, you know where that is. Like maybe we finished four last year. Uh, I, I we'd be hard pressed to get to four.
0: On behalf of the staff of whatever this podcast is called, I'd like to remind people that Bill thinks Tavon Allen is the best player since Sliceberg. Is that disclaimer?
2: Actually, I have Bickerstaff number one, Dan. Bickerstaff is, is the best. Dude. I've seen
0: us ever get. So he's number I hate one. that he went to BC for so many different reasons. I don't mind that he went. I just wish he went somewhere that could have maximized his talent. Yeah. We've got two more years too, so it'll be interesting to see how, how much he develops in the next
2: – two with that extra COVID year. But yeah, but I, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? Like based on, I'm just returning players, I guess. And then what you've heard from me and kind of, you know, if you checked out the article, I think both of you read the article I put out. So, I mean, just from that, like, know,
0: well, let's know, not make any assumptions it's... that we may not be able to, you know, background check the, uh, no, I, I think it's usually in the past, if you had four guys who've gotten significant minutes coming back, you're, you're pretty happy with things, but to your point, it's a different world now. You know, it really, if, if, if some of these other schools are hitting the portal. I know they love the incoming class at Northeastern. Of course, they're coming off of like a negative six win season up there. So they're going to need, you know, they're going to need some help. But uh, Towson looks really good, right? And,
2: towson got a stud out of the portal too.
0: Yeah. You don't really know what to make of Hofstra right now. I don't know. There, there's some teams that are going to be – Charleston obviously is, is right there at the top, right? I mean, they, they've, they know what they're doing down there. It's pretty clear they've got a mission. They're on it, and they may not be at the top of the league this year, but they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, so you do have some schools out there that look like they're just not even just as a uh, as a basketball team, but as an athletic department, as a school, they're on the same page. You know, they've got an identity, and and they're, they're really pers- they're really getting after it, and they're showing results from from doing that and having that that synergy within the institution. Um, so I, and I'd like to see, um, I'd, I'd like to believe a little bit more, but. It was a late, you know, I always think late recruits, late signings are never a great sign. Um, and a lot of these guys were late, right? I mean, it's, I feel like, now Bill, you can you know this better than I do, but I feel like generally there were just a lot more late signings. As The portal led to a lot more late signings as a whole this year. So that may not be as true as it was back in the day. The portal's definitely changed
2: that game then because it's just they're all late like the number that came through late was crazy. Like you just see all these guys just pour in and be like, "Oh my god! Like this is insane!" Like it was like a new guy every day. Like I was all caught up, and then there'd be like four or five guys within a couple of span of days, and I'm like, "Okay, now I have to go back and watch all these guys." But yeah, you're right. In general, like you would seem like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel sometimes if you're going if you're going late, like before the portal. That definitely was the case. And it seemed like Spiker had been avoiding that for a while. Like we were kind of getting some guys early, other than maybe just first or second year where it had
0: kind of had to be late. I like what I hear about Garfield Turner though. And I think he's, he's the type of backup that we need for Mari. So I, I like that we've kind of filled that hole. And, um, I, I do, I, I agree with you that the importance of a shot blocker for Zach Spiker is, cannot be underrated largely because the guard defense has been so poor, but I mean, it, it's, um, I don't know that certainly, you know, JB didn't give us what we were hoping for last year with the injuries. Um, you know just was it was really fair to him, but this is a chance to really have a full season of Amari and then somebody behind him who's, who's a capable shot blocker too. That's exciting. Um gives some depth, gives a chance that you know I remember last year being like if Amari takes a foul, you know, in the in the fifth minute of this game, this game's over because we get we just got nothing. We just you know at times yeah. last season with the injuries we had nothing behind him. So a little bit more there. Um and and the other two um We'll call it upper class, you know, the other transfers are kind of more wild cards, which is interesting. But it's not the the type of transfer, it's not it's not a winter transfer that Penn State has. It's not right. Somebody, you know, some of the transfers that Charleston has that you, you're you know, you're out of your shoes about. But they're they're definitely they'll compete for minutes and, and, and I think they're CA caliber players too. I mean, I don't think that these are guys we've had some some misses we'll say. None of these guys really looks like that either to you, Bill, does it?
2: No, I think everyone can play at this level, um, so I don't. I don't think there's any like misses there. I think they're like you said. He's he's recruiting to some roles like Garfield Turner not. I don't think he's brought in to be a superstar. He's brought in to be a Mars backup. You know that's just how it is. And the, the other guys just yeah. Like it'll be interesting how they play and like they're they're different from the guys we have on the roster now. So
0: yeah, no, I would agree, Dan. I do think the freshmen are exciting. I mean, I, I do think uh, J- you know Justin Moore and, and Blakeney especially. But all four of them are, are really, really interesting names for us.
2: Yeah, when we just had just the freshmen, I was comparing the other classes in the CA. I was like, oh we're like right there. Like I thought we were right there with every with the top classes in the league as far as with what I was seeing from the freshmen. And then the portal came pouring in, I was like, Oh my god, like this is crazy. Like but and trying to compare, like I haven't done a good compare now because I'm still in the midst of watching everybody, but um mm-hmm. there's definitely some players who like I watched for I'm pretty sure Hampton's got one. Hampton, oh crap, I'm drawn to UNC Wilmington, I think, and then Towson had like three guys who I felt like transferring in could be monsters, like right off the bat. So uh, I don't feel like any of our transfers. I'm like, this guy's gonna be a monster. Like he, I don't know if we have that guy. There's they have potential to be good, but I don't like. There's those guys who I just saw and I was like, oh man, like this guy is a above CA level. Recruit. And from the transfers, I don't know if
0: we have that. UNCW is an interesting team because so much of what they did last year felt fluky. Felt like you know they they weren't that terrible and that great. You know you know they won a lot of one point games, two point. They had some crazy, crazy games down there in the Trask, and obviously Trask is a good advantage. They they start filling that building again, but um, they they are you know they hey they were top of the league last year, so you got to pay attention to them. Who else? Um, as far as the portal goes, do you think was most effective?
2: I'd have to, I'll have to go back and evaluate that a little bit more, Dan, because I'm even drawing, like I've, there's so many guys <laughs> that I haven't done a proper evaluation on it yet. Like those three guys stood out cause I rated them higher than everybody else. Like usually with the rating system I had for recruit recon, which is the one I'm still using now, like a 3.5 recruit, which is what I have like Blake knee and, and um, Justin Morat there. That's like, that's like a above level, maybe like an A 10 type of a recruiter, maybe like, you know, in that range where it's like, that's about the best recruit that we normally get. I had three guys who were like a four, which is what I gave Bickerstaff, which is basically like, this is a high major guy. Um, they could play at a high major level easily. Um, and three of those guys landed. And like I said, those three guys are the ones that are standing there right now. Um, Northe- I saw Northeastern did have a good class. Townsend has a really good class. I have to go through and look. I think we should do pr- – probably if we do like a CAA preview at some point um, down the line, like I'll do
0: my research a little bit more and come back to it with a better answer than that. Towson's interesting because you know, you know, when are they going to put it together? They've, got the, they've had the facilities for so long. They've got the good area to recruit in down, down in the direction. They, they've kind of – and they've had – let Pat Scarry just sit there forever through the ups and the downs, right? It's interesting that uh, to see them kind of now coming off a strong year, It looks like they're going to be probably the, the preseason favorite, I would think. Um, and then Pat Carey found Twitter, and if anybody's seen him on Twitter, it's like he lost his damn mind. But it's it's funny to watch. So um,
1: really, I haven't looked this up. I, I did not know that.
0: You will be entertained. You <laughs> will be entertained. is what I will tell you. Um, but it's it's they they're clearly they've got. They got some stuff going on down there, and you you can see the smoke. Um, and, and you like to think uh, I actually you know recently seen you know the social media stuff out of Drexel. I don't know if you guys have seen it too. I am sure you have, but but a little more they had the, the stuff from the Art Museum steps yesterday, two days ago. They they kind of there is a little bit more video. It's a little bit more fun um, and kind of uh, better look and feel. So it's it's good to see some progress in in house too to to kind of step up with 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 uh, the other schools who are making leaps.
1: Yeah I, I, yeah, I did see the art museum stuff. But the, for the transfer portal stuff, Billy, that you keep mentioning, I guess what makes uh, uh, somebody hit it better than others, I guess, from a school standpoint? Is it just, like, uh, connections that you already have to these players uh, or is that out the window now and it's just more facilities and uh, maybe NIL stuff, I guess, that come into play? This is actually a question I have but I'd like to talk to Spiker
2: about. It, honestly, like, I don't know how you work that portal. I mean, I think if you... No players like you recruited them early on and they jump back in the portal like that's an obvious one you have that but then like i mean it has to be some sort of connections i guess uh, to get players out of there like i don't know because you're trying to establish a relationship with a guy in a span of like weeks sometimes i mean it's not like you can go to their games kind of you know let them know you're there watching um you know go visit them at their house have them in like it's 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 much shorter than that. So like, besides the guys who they already have a relationship with, I'm not sure how you navigate that portal. I'm I'm really not. Um, I, I would love to talk to someone in the know about that and kind of give us a, some insight into that to be like, you know, this is, this is, this is how it works a little bit because I'm a little confused there too. Like, it's just like, like uh, Bergens, right. He's, he's from the Netherlands originally. He's, you know, he, he played at Oral Roberts. Like there's just, he's not from Philly. Like there's no, I don't know what the connection is there. Like maybe one of our coaches knows one of his coaches or something. I I don't know what that, what that process looks like. It's just very interesting. Like I could see maybe a guy who wants to come home, you kind of get wind of that. Like that would make sense. Um, but I don't have a great feel for how, and I'm sure every coach has their own, their own method too, of like, you know, f- figuring out who to go after, but I don't know, Dan, if
0: maybe you have any insight on that at all. No, I was gonna say if, if you can get Zach Spiker to give you that secret spice recipe, you I'll get you a Nobel Prize. I mean, it's him, Bill Cohn. I mean, we've got some some fellows who would like to be a little tight lipped around here. Um, you know, we'll, we'll try to get some folks on who would be knowledgeable. We'll put it that way um, to talk more about it. I think it's worth asking the question again. I, we we've tried um, asking asking Coach Spiker and haven't gotten far, and he's, he's gone on some other podcasts, and you can listen to those back and talks about some stories but again it's it's kind of anecdotal it's not really this is our system this is how we do it and i don't know that you're ever going to hear that outside um and i think that's true of a lot of coaches you know for information is is valuable even if it's not um so <laughs> we'll see um but I, i'm i'm intrigued at in how the black box works as well bill um Especially to your point with players who have no direct connection, right? Like, there's, is there a shadowy figure in the background? Is it just NIL money? Um, obviously, when you talk about the majors, you're talking about NIL money. You know that's going on, right? So, the mid-major level, it's, it exists at this level, certainly. Uh, but it, uh, it shouldn't, you wouldn't think, drive the bus as much as it would, you know, it, it, at the higher levels where it can get kind of obscene.
1: Dan and I both did skirt the question on wherever you would finish, though. So, Dan, I'll, I'll let you go first. Where do you think we'd finish based on Bill's, you know, analysis of everybody being a star? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: again, That's the first thing sure. i do is is, is throw Bill's analysis out the window based entirely off of Devon Allen. Um, I, I, think, I think I'm always too optimistic, too, but I think we could be a little sneaky um, because if you look at the system, if Justin Moore can come into play, and and again, I, I believe if I heard correctly, he's he's, he's basically Stephon Curry. He's definitely not Curry. That's so, but if, if he can if he can come into play, um, you've got the rest of the Spiker system kind of there, right? You've got shooters, you've got the the requisite bigs, and you're too deep again with guys who have have experience now. Um, I'm going to say this: if Amari has made a jump, the ceiling I think is a little bit higher than what you said, Bill. I think you can be top third of the league. Um, if if Amari is kind of what he was last year, which is good, but still a little bit raw, you know, and, and, and can make some mistakes. And, you know, you got, you got a lot of guys who are inexperienced. You got a guys who got to come together. I think the Italy helps, trip helps a little bit. Uh, but, you know, the bottom is pretty deep too. You, you shouldn't be too low. I'll say that. Um, I think, I think Coach Becker might be in trouble if, he's, if, he, if they're too low. But I, I think, it uh, shouldn't be too low just based off of the experience, based off of Amari Williams. Uh, you, you really, this feels like a middle of the pack team to me. Um, and then, you know, you adjust your expectations accordingly once we see him. What do you think, Leon?
1: Uh, you know, I, I'm going to ride the positivity that came out of uh, Bill right into a top four finish over here. <laughs> uh, I'll be pleasantly surprised, hopefully, but, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not expecting too much of this team. They'd lost so much. You know, if you anyone lose four out of your top five scores and have to bring in, and you have so many new players coming in, be albeit with some my high expectations, it's still, you know, it t- usually takes at least a year to gel. So this this hopefully is that year, but maybe, maybe we'll surprise people. At, l- at least the good news is nobody's expecting much out of us. It, it sounds like, right. It's supposed to finish uh, second to last. Expectations
0: will be down.
2: I mean, I, I'd feel much better about this year if this was, you know, bigger Staff senior year along with monitor. That'd be a hell of a front court. Oh my god! Yeah, be having to deal with, but um, yeah, our highest finish is fourth. We lost a lot. You know, we don't have Cam Winner, We don't have James Butler. Like those guys were the team basically for the last four years. So I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be some it's gonna be different.
0: Can I give you the really hot take? Like, like the really hot take, which is JB didn't didn't do much last year. No, true. He didn't do much last year. Um, you, you talk about Trey Brown didn't do much last year. Malik Martin was a key player at times, but he also gave away games at times. Uh, so you're talking about Cam and, and X, right? And and Xavier also took his nights off. <laughs> That's what I would tell you. As, as much as he, you know, he had the Hofstra game. He had a few few big games, and and he could make some plays. And Cam obviously was Cam, right? But I think Cam defensively. I'll make the unpopular opinion say he, he was he was not part of the the, the solution um, for this team's defense last year. Like, are the losses as bad as we think they are?
2: I mean, I, 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 I'm going to lean towards uh, – Justin Moore has to fill some big shoes with Cam Levin. I mean, I know defensively, but we relied on Cam for so much. Yeah. I mean, it'll be no interesting much. to see how the team is without him. I mean, for four years, the guy's been just dominant on the ball. You know, he's, he's been a go-to scorer he runs the whole offense and that's gone. So I just it's hard for me to, you know, have expectations above where we were last year when we did, you know, lose a lot of scoring and experience.
0: I mean, I thought they underachieved last year. Yes, yeah, I would agree.
2: Even the year we went to the tournament, I thought we underachieved and it was a weird year. But I mean, besides going to the tournament itself, like we were in 6th place before that. Like I don't think
0: I don't think we were anticipating a you know around sixth place, I and mean, we didn't have any home games. It's not a fair real comparison, but I thought being like Cam, look at his defense, was a huge asterisk there to be like ignore the fact that Cam was you know the, the captain, the leader, everything else in this team. <laughs> but, but man, you 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 ignoring the NCAA tournament appearance is is maybe worse than that.
2: We definitely I need mean, to listen. I, I that NCAA tournament, I went crazy, so I, I can't. I can't discount that at all. I mean, that was amazing that we went to the
0: underachieved. Tournament. We just went Except. to the NCAA tournament. That's all.
2: <laughs> I mean, if we didn't go to the NCAA tournament that, that year. Would you think, consider that season as an underachievement?
0: I, I'd actually, I would argue it. I mean, that was that was the the big deal there was that we were winning road games. We went what, five and four, but only two home games. Like I, it was because going into that, he, he like three road games his entire time at Drexel, Zach Spiker. So like that was that was a big. They looked. They looked to the far that year. Is what I would tell you. I, th- yeah. I actually thought they were better than record indicated.
2: It was just a, it was a weird year. I shouldn't like we did finish in sixth, but it was like like you said there we didn't play any home games, so I can't fault them too much for that one. And the tournament run like up. I, I was in the opinion like some people were like should we you know talking about firing Spikers? Like, you can't fire this guy. Like he, he took us to the tournament. Bruiser, how long was Bruiser? Fourteen years, fifteen years, something. and We never went. I mean, yeah,
0: we do have an athletic director who's actually awake now though. So I mean, that might change things. No,
2: you are correct. The other one was what was he looking at? Random art, and I don't know what the hell else he was doing. Everything he could do not to not to do the actual athletic directing.
1: Well, it depends on the sport, guys. Come on, it was just not his sport. It boiled down to you know.
0: Yeah, but we don't have an alpine skiing team.
1: <laughs> <Wait>.
0: <laughs> It'll be an
2: interesting year for sure. I mean, I think it's just like it's it's all new players. It's like the mystery box, right? Like it's you don't know because you have so many new players. Like the past three years, we've had Cam, we've had James Butler. At least we had those guys that like you knew they were there and everyone else is just kind of filling their roles, you know, between those guys. And now it's like, what are we going to do? Amari is the only one who I think you, everyone would be saying like, okay, yeah, he's, he's next up. Like he he should be a star. Everyone else is like, okay, there's a lot of, there's a lot of growth that needs there to happen or that, it's an unknown freshman an unknown transfer. Like you have all these guys that just, you don't know until they get there. Like the the one thing I'll say about the recruit, the recruiting, um, I'm watching all these on tape, right? Like I'm not going to any actual games. And the one thing that I have trouble telling on tape is speed. So I think that's the one thing that like a guy could have trouble adjusting to the speed of, of D one basketball. Like I can only compare how fast they're going in comparison to who they're playing. Right. So like, it's hard to get a sense for speed. Like if you went to the actual game and you see them close up, you, you feel that speed, you know, you can see it up, up close. It's hard to tell that from, you know, my computer monitor when I'm, when I'm watching all these games. So you, you don't know how these guys are going to kind of mesh when they get here and how they're going to adapt to, you know, the faster, more athletic players than they're used to at, at wherever they played. Um, so you just don't know. Like I said, it's, it's the mystery box of like how well they'll adapt and be able to contribute
1: right away. I, I love a missed good mystery box. So uh, <laughs> that was for <I>, you, I, <laughs> yeah. so I th- I I think uh, you, you seem to have uh, with Cam especially even last year. Sometimes he'd be the crutch, right? Like there was nobody else to pass the ball to or to get that last thing. So it'd be I'd be curious to see if it's a more uh, versatile team when it comes to those clutch situations where there's more people that can pitch in and because of that maybe we'll be better but that being said it definitely seems to be a mystery box of the year and uh, i'm excited going into it i'm sure there'll be more roster related or uh in, as especially as we approach the caa play that we'll get into discussions about but i think uh great write-up bill like i honestly i had little to no knowledge about how much we lost and how much we how much the new recruits would uh play into so that was a good write-up by you and uh Looking forward to this year.
2: I like watching the games anyway, so I, I'm happy to like you know write stuff up so people can know. I, I mean, one of my main goals is—I think all of our goals really—is with this podcast and beyond—is kind of you know giving Drexel fans a place where they can you know catch up with the team. I, I mean, there's a lot of casual fans that hopefully we can get. I mean, I think we have like the hardcore fans, our you know our base 20 that we've been talking about that that are tuning in for every every podcast. But I think the idea is eventually like. Someone who's not as close can listen in and follow. I'm trying with the Dragons cast account, you know, we're trying to um, project out all the latest news so that someone can just follow that and see what's happening with the team. Um, so it's just making it easier for the casual fan, which is, you know, part of us combining these two podcasts So someone who's listening from a distance isn't like, Oh, I was listening to Dragons cast. And now there's this Drexel basketball podcast. <laughs> Maybe they never heard of it. Maybe they didn't. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't get the word on, it. or maybe someone just started listening to Drexel, the Drexel basketball podcast and hadn't tuned into uh, Dragonscast before. For maybe, like, the, if we ever do get any DAC packers, uh, uh listening, that you know, the Dragonscast is old news and never even heard of it. So who knows? But yeah, just trying to consolidate these things in all one place so we can, you know, make it easier for Drexel fans in general to follow the team
0: and to amplify that message, right? To get that school, you know, you know the message out and, and, and make sure people can see. What we've got going on because it's 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 definitely better than it was, right? We can all agree on that. I'm excited to see what the new DAC looks like and everything else, but it's definitely better than it was. Our baseline of of our floor, I would say, is much elevated from when Zach Spiker got here, right? He's he's done that. You know, we don't know what the ceiling necessarily will be, but the floor is higher and the program looks better and there's things happening. So it's just if we can build off of that and, and kind of build this out, Bill, I'm I'm totally with you. This is this is great to kind of. Have one message be on the same page between uh, the group of us and then whoever ends up hanging on. We did have some responses last week when, when, I, when I did mention, or two weeks ago, when I mentioned we're looking for folks who want to help out with this effort. It's a big effort. It's We talk about all the different social media channels, and uh, you hear Bill you know, um, simultaneously having a day job raising a one-year-old and watching tape of every <laughs> single person ever to step foot in a basketball <laughs> arena on the East Coast. Come on, Blake. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you may not have a choice in that, but uh, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's some work. So we, we appreciate anybody who wants to help on out. Like I say, uh, next to the microphone or behind the scenes, uh, we'll, we'll take it all. But we're we're building, trying to build a little machine right here, and, and I appreciate you guys for reaching out and, and you know making this a, a bigger thing. This is gonna be fun.